This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director. We're going to be talking to Tom Rooney, who the name is very familiar. I guess if I was to have you write your own introduction, Tom, what would you want to say? Wow, that's a that's a loaded question, John. Um, you know, I've I've been in Sioux Falls since 1978. My wife and I moved to Mitchell in '76, the year of the drought. If you remember that back that far, mm-hmm. um, but I started in television at uh, Channel 5, which is now KDLT. K- it was KXON at that time, and worked there for a couple of years, and then moved over to KSFY in Sioux Falls in 1978. And we've been here ever since. This is home now. But we grew up in northwest Iowa. Well, you went through the uh, the bubble of the farm aspect where a lot of the banks took homesteads, farmers hung themselves. A lot of people today don't remember those days back in at that time, and, and being in Mitchell, I think, uh, in that area you were close to. A lot of the small towns and schools closed up, and there was a whole way of life that disappeared back then. It really changed an awful lot in a big hurry. That part of the state, you know, they struggled with the drought, got out of that in 79, I think it was. It turned around pretty quickly. But uh, then they hit the high interest rate environment of the 1980s, early 80s, and uh, that took a lot of people off of the farm. Yeah, I remember the banks were saying, oh, you need another pickup, or how about a green, uh, you know, they were they were giving money hands and fists, but then when it came to have to pay it back, the farmers, they lost their land. It, it was a tough time. Yeah, well, it, it was part of the, uh, I guess you might say, corporate farming now and all that kind of thing. But, Tom, uh, you, you lived through a lot of that, like I say, in, in the Everplains in the mid parts of South Dakota, and and uh, that experience is, isn't is something that the kid out of journalism school today has uh they're energetic like young puppies. <laughs> I was that way once, too. <laughs> yeah. We we all were. But that's what I'm saying is that uh, it was wasted on the young because now if we know the things now that we do, uh, we've seen uh, a lot uh, uh, with the history on that. Tom, I, I, I guess first of all, I uh, want to uh, you know, welcome you to the uh, radio group here. We uh, have six stations that now you're going to be working with news. and Tell us a little bit what you hope to do. Well, one of the things I guess I've observed, John, over the last number of years is that it just seems as though there's such a great polarity in journalism as well as all other areas of life, it seems. And um, no one person will ever fix all of that by themselves, obviously. All I can do is my part, but uh, I really have... uh, I yearn to see news presented a little bit the way it was in the past where there was, uh, I think, a higher level of objectivity and a stronger effort made to really try to get both sides of a story. The Walter Cronkite. You could compare it to that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But you know, back then we had what was called the Fairness Doctrine. Yes. And on political items especially, you had a legal obligation as a broadcaster mm-hmm. to tell both sides of a story. And most of the time, that doesn't seem like it's happening the way it should this in this age. We can thank Senator Pressler of South Dakota for <laughs> passing. I don't think he knew what he was passing when he, he sponsored that bill that deregulated uh, the broadcast back at that time. I, I, I don't think he really... I asked him a question after that. I said, well, we've got six stations. Does that mean I have to do six different programs? He didn't know what I was talking about. Um, but... He was the guy that uh, actually sponsored that bill that deregulated broadcasting. Well, and I understand all of that. Um, Here's the thing that comes to me is that we had a legal obligation to do it back then. But Mm -hmm. to me, it always felt like that's the right thing to do. And that's my desire is 
again, I understand that no one person is ever going to change the entire industry or the way things are done in and of themselves, but uh, we can't all make a difference if we put some effort into it. And I, I just feel like it's the right thing to do. And that's what I, that's, those will be my efforts. Now, um, undoubtedly that will lead to ones that will say, well, you weren't fair to us. <laughs> There's always somebody that uh, sure. any crowd, any, you get 30 people in any room, there's going to be a certain one of every kind right? Uh, in that sense. Talking to Tom Rooney, our, our new addition here to the radio group, and uh, Tom, I, I guess uh, mainly you were television uh, most of your career. Right. I, I, like I said, I started in television in 1976. Um, back in those days, Channel 5 was a, a real small operation. We only had four people in the entire news mm-hmm. department. And um, the good thing of that is the fact that you got to do a little bit of everything, and you learned a lot, uh, put in a lot of hours. I remember when I first arrived there, I was doing weather and sports, um, and the state amateur baseball tournament had just started in Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell was new to hosting that event, and station management really wanted to make sure that we did a, a thorough job of covering the state baseball tournament. So I spent the first few weeks of my television career uh, chasing baseballs, so to speak. And um, it was really a, it was a good time and good good learning experience. But uh, we, you know we would we were back in film at, at the in those days sixteen millimeter film with a mag stripe to record the audio on the side of the film, and we would shoot uh, we would shoot the, the the film for each other and usually going out in two person teams and get back to the station and we would process the film we would produce the newscast, writing all of the stories and producing all of the things that needed to be produced for the show. And um, when we got all done at 10.30 or so every night, then we had a stack of business to take care of uh, dealing with commercials because we also recorded commercials and things like that. That's unheard of today, but those are the things that we, we did. And like I said, it gave me a great experience to learn, a good environment. Joe Floyd of our group, uh, television here, uh, back when we were with the television uh, connection, uh, he, he invented something he called live film. <laughs> it makes you smile. I think you've heard of that. But he actually talked the Hanson uh, family into getting this high-speed developer because everything was filmed back then. It wasn't right. videotape. And they would process it quick, and his son, uh, Junior, would race out to the 2,000-foot tower where they could project it from the, you know, from the transmitter mm-hmm. out there. Uh, and Dave Dedrick would do his weather. Um, they would have the, you know, the, the board up with all the different towns and stuff, and he, he would be a telephone call uh, <laughs> to the transmitter. Uh, it, it was all by telephone back at that time. Mm. But there's Times of, have changed. They, they, they've changed. <laughs> I, I, I always, you know, when, when people say what it was like back then, well, Jim Burt was going to do the Howard Wood uh, grand opening. It used to be down by the, where the Sears building is under the viaduct. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they opened up the new one, uh, you know, brand new one, he, he told Dave Dabrick, he says, don't you predict any rain on my, my opening. <laughs> and he meant it. Well, Dave Dabrick had to say what the forecast was, and Jim Burt came up and threw a bucket of water on him right live on TV. <laughs> and Jim Burt um, often, you know, I used to run TV audio board back then, he was supposed to have seven minutes of sports, but he would go eight, nine, ten, eleven, you know, whatever it took. Uh, 
So Dave Debbie came up and cut his microphone off with a pair of scissors right live on the ear. <laughs> and he kept talking. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's so different today. Um, you know, that was, that was the good old days, wasn't it? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, we can probably romanticize a little mm-hmm. bit about the, those types of things and, uh, maybe even get a little carried away with that, but, uh, there was, it was looser back then that you could have some fun like that. Um, you know, I worked at KSFY and Ken Hirsch was our weatherman at that time. And, um, the, one of the fun things, uh, the traditions that was established, mm-hmm. one of the fun things was that Ken knew sometime during his weathercast on the first snow of the season, a snowball was incoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would toss a snowball at him uh, from behind the cameras. And with all of the lighting and everything, you couldn't see it coming until maybe it was a little bit too late. And uh, I remember one particular night uh, when he knew that that was going to happen, um, Several times, we waited for for several minutes into his weathercast uh, before we actually let it fly. And uh, there were several times where he was looking at his weather board, and then he would turn around back into the camera, and he would wince like he saw something coming at him. Uh, but it was those were fun times. You mentioned Ken Hirsch. I mean, um, what a great guy. Yeah, yeah. And what he did for aviation. Right. Um, you know, going to those uh, big air shows and that type of thing, and, and he's done a lot. For, he did a lot for Sioux Falls back he in did. those days. He did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I suppose you, you worked with Sylvia back then? Uh, Sylvia had left the station by the time I arrived there, mm-hmm. um, but knew Sylvia well. Uh, I co-anchored the newscast with her daughter, Susan. Yes. Susan McGowan now, and... Um, we had a great time, good relationship, great family, and uh, they're the ones that started it all over there. Well, if you were to say, you know, those days as it went to today, how has Sioux Falls changed? I think Sioux Falls was probably, you know, 70,000, 80,000 back in that, that, right. that time, and it's grown so much since then. But uh, for those that are, you know, moving in, it was, what, 7,000 people move into town now every, every year? Uh, for those who don't remember Sioux Falls as it was like, um, there, you know, it, it was it was it was still one of the best places in the country to be. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think especially the last say five to ten years is where it, we've really seen it happen. Um, it's just it's been an amazing thing to watch, and there are some good and bad aspects to that. Uh, we. You know, we never used to see panhandling at intersections. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't escape it now, even in the middle of the winter, which seems uh, unusual to me uh, because of the harshness of the winters that we have here. Uh, but it really speaks to the nature of what has happened in our community. Not all of it's bad. Not all of it's good. There are things that we uh, really enjoy with the growth, uh, things like the the Sanford Premier Center and some of those kinds of things. Uh, we have a lot of events that take place in Sioux Falls now that we never could have entertained in the past. And um, Sioux Falls at the same time, I think, really has a bit of a pioneering spirit to it in that we have seen a number of groups that have initiated efforts here in this area that have since spread nationwide. Uh, I think the LifeLight uh, yeah. uh, team is, is among those. So, you know, the events that they did, now they're going to do uh, a large festival in Sioux Falls, actually in the city again 
this year, downtown. this summer, right in the downtown area. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, people may be a little tired of it by the time it's finished, <laughs> well, it's if they only, have to drive around it. It's only, yeah, the viaducts will be closed, believe right. it or not. The city actually, you know, proposed that. Um, and, you know, they could have 30, 40, you know, 100,000 people downtown. And uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's that's going to, it's one day. It's only one day on right. a Sunday. So all the churches will be coming down and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But, Tom, the... Uh, uh, you you know we just went through kind of a snowstorm. Do you remember when Commissioner Wingert was in charge oh, of yeah. the streets? Yeah, and he decided to skip one of the first snowfalls and kind of think, well, I can get by this one. The sun will melt it. It never did. We had ruts on Minnesota Avenue for the whole winter. It was a uh, hard winter. That's what I was going to say. Uh, we've had a few of those, but um, you know we haven't had a real South Dakota winter for quite some time. We're not used to it. No, ninety seven, ninety eight was a pretty heavy winter mm-hmm. um but yes this is really the first one that we've had that's uh to the extent that we're seeing now i can't remember the year i think it was back in the 80s there was a year where we had a lot of snow in the winter and uh the cold weather that came along with that i don't think we were above zero for a period of maybe a couple of weeks during that one and never got above freezing for well over a month which that's kind of unusual for our part of the country. But, uh, yeah, this has been a lot heavier winter than we've seen for quite a long time, and it's hard to get used to it again. That's what I was going to say. I remember making a lot of money shoveling as a kid. (laughs) But uh, that Well, I give all of that away, and I've got a snowblower now, and so I I help a number of my neighbors. But, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's been a heavy winter. Well, Tom, the uh, uh, news department, um, I can give you a little bit of a head start on how that came. Uh, we didn't have a news department. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, AP and UPI, I used to make $2.50 taking an AP story and giving it to UPI. <laughs> um, those things. But uh, I was at KISD AM downtown, 1230, which is now KWSN. Mm-hmm. And... They were being bought out by another group, and you always knew when he, the station gets sold that they always want to clean all the personalities out and start out scratch with the whole new deal. So they kept saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. And I, I said, well, yeah, sure. So I came back up because I'd worked with Harley Worthit uh, in the 60s. Yeah, there's a name from the past. Hello, Douglas, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know, why don't we start a news department? And uh, he agreed. Um, and... K-E-L-O-A-M, I think, uh, became known for uh, news, uh, you know, quite a bit at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one note I can say, Dave Dedwick used to be doing mornings, and he uh, was known as somewhat of a womanizer back at that time. Well, somebody got mad at him and kept throwing garbage on his front lawn when he was on the air because <laughs> they knew he wasn't home. So they made us change all, all of our names to uh, stage names, as we call it. <laughs> Usually your middle name first and all that kind of thing. But uh, the uh, news department uh, continued. I got into disco on wheels quite a bit. And, but I, I still, remember, I was just going to say, I remember the days that you were doing the DJ. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun with that. But I always kept this program. We started this program before the FCC required it, hmm. knowing that it was coming. And like you say, we had to be fair on both sides and, and uh, uh, do all of that type of thing. But... Uh, public affairs is a little bit different than news, 
and we've kept the same program. Uh, I guess you could say it's the longest running program now in Sioux Falls radio history. Everybody else is retired, <laughs> but uh, uh, we hope to continue. For this is kind of my retirement, you can say. I guess in a sense, I've run some boards for the sports and that type of thing. But uh, uh, radio uh, is still, I think, uh, you get it on your your phone somewhat now, but it's still in the radio stations that are doing most of the news and TV. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, I think there's a great opportunity um, for taking a look at some things that are taking place in our city. That's one of the things that really I've done a little bit of dreaming. I've, I was away from news for almost 29 years, uh, having left TV, I think it was in 94. And um, some of the things that I, I dream about doing, you know, one of the things would be to just take a look at what's happening in our city. Um, you know, we have a lot of people that either live on the streets or are dependent mm-hmm. upon some shelter uh, to provide that for them. Uh, there are programs. Our, our community is a very generous community, and yes, there are needs that still really need to be met, but we do have a number of programs that are, uh, I think, doing a pretty admirable job of of uh, trying to meet the needs of folks like that. But we have that going on. I'd really like to take a deeper dive into the drug culture to uh, just from the law enforcement perspective to try and uh, dig into that a little bit to see uh, what's going on and and what the greatest dangers are, uh, what we as citizens might be able to do to help law enforcement, some of those things. I always kid, uh, Sheriff, uh he, uh, he, he was, he was, he was the, um, uh, guy back in the high school days. I remember that he's the one that got the keg. He, he, he'll admit <laughs> it. Uh, but like, like I say, though, he's, uh, he's been 50 some years now uh, sure. as sheriff in Sioux Falls, but, uh, against we will have him on again cause he's seen a lot of changes in Sioux Falls, but yeah. now this, this new fentanyl, like you say, um, right. there's people buying in stores pills that are laced with fentanyl now it's 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 you don't know what you're buying mm. and uh it's getting to be a whole problem of course uh, it goes back to the border and a lot of other things too but uh tom i, I know that uh, uh you've seen a lot of things what, what's on your checklist i guess well i mentioned a couple of them there that mm. those are things that i would really like to explore um you know i uh, i'm just a normal person like everybody else and i see the same things going on that everybody else does uh, I, I've envisioned uh, maybe a, oh, I don't know if you'd call it a contest, but something where uh, people could call in or send in an email uh, to uh, name their pothole. <laughs> kind of we, we've out. got a lot of potholes this year, and you know the mm-hmm. city's working to try and improve that and make the repairs that are necessary. But uh, the 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 giants that lurk beneath the ice are still there to get us and uh we're going to see a lot of that this year that's the thing i think that uh this heavy winter uh, has had that kind of an impact where we haven't seen potholes like we're seeing no. this year for many many years i can't i'm not sure i remember any of the years where um it's been as bad as this in terms of the potholes they're deep like on 41st street and rugged yeah and uh you know, the minute the temperature warms up, they're out there trying to fill sure. as much as they can. Yeah. But um, you give it a couple of weeks, and it needs to be filled again. Yeah. Um, that's going. That's always been a, a thing in Sioux Falls is potholes, and 
I don't think they make the concrete as good as they used to. Uh, you know, these are to, rugged conditions. Yeah, it is. But you see a lot of the old highways, they don't have bottles, yeah. you know. Which is speaking with Tom Rooney, who's new to our radio group now as uh, a, a news person that will like kind of be an ombudsman is what you were saying with the potholes a little bit. People can call in and email. I don't know uh, about that so much, but just, you know, having some fun with things that are irritations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the irritants of life can, we can have some fun with those. Well, now if you can stop the rent from going up, <laughs> that would be okay. Uh, as the... Uh, Baby boomers go. We're both in that group, I, mm-hmm. I say. The baby boomers are still pretty active. Right. And kind of a silent majority out there. Yeah, I, it's, um, you know, there have been a lot of things that have taken place uh, economically that I think uh, people like myself, I, I never really envisioned myself retiring. And um, I'm, I'm just extremely excited to have this opportunity to be with the Kello group. Um, I think that, um, I think that's going to be a great adventure for me. And, uh, I really, it's one of the things that I've known throughout my life of, of how things can, or maybe at least in my opinion should be done. <laughs> my opinion is not always right, but I like to think it's right much of the time. But, uh, I just, I, I just feel like that we will see probably, uh, more people of our generation remain in the workforce for a little bit longer than some of the previous generations. Some of that's out of economic necessity. Uh, some of it is just, you know, I, I enjoy being around people. And I, I love the idea. The, one of the things that is unique to news that uh, there are other fields, where I suppose it's probably true as well. But in news, you're learning something new every day. It's not that your depth of knowledge is great. You don't have to dig really deep on some of these things to uh, to have a, at least some level of, of a knowledge base, but um, you get to explore and, and just see different things every day. Well, this program is airing on Q95, Crow, KWSN, Kello, AM and FM, uh, Big Country, 92.5, 2,000-foot tower. You, you're being in, in Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, quite a ways right now. Uh, I, I guess uh, the Upper Plains still seems to be where now people are starting to go to. Uh, Sioux Falls, uh, even some people might say there's taxes, this and that, and everything else. This is still a pretty darn good place to be. Obviously, I'm one of the best in the country. Yeah, I... Throughout uh, the years that I've lived here, I when people from around my home area or you know go to a class reunion or something like that, and and uh, be one of the few people that's from Sioux Falls at the reunion, uh, you would get the question often of, well, how do you like it there? And you know, I, there's a lot to love about Sioux Falls, and I always described it this way: it's just an overgrown small town. Uh, it's not quite that way anymore, but it still has many of those attractive aspects of it uh, that really make it a, a great place to live and raise family. We are getting bigger. Do you think it's as easy to get a hold of the city hall, the politicians, as it used to be? Well, possibly not. I don't know. It's it's different the way it's done today. You know, you, you know, because of the advent of social media, um, you know, politicians as well as governmental bodies our police department for example every day they have a briefing and and uh it's not really a news conference but yet it is it's it's uh, interesting how they uh 
put the information out there. That helps. That actually makes it easier than it was back then. Uh, but there are other things in the way, you know, the um, cell phones that everybody carries now. The um, you have to have to work a little bit harder to get all of the phone numbers and uh, you know have them at your disposal. They want you to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> the newspaper used to be kind of a uh, watchdog advocate. Uh, newspapers have changed; they're doing everything they can, but uh, it's certainly not what it was ten, fifteen years ago. Uh, do you think that uh, radio broadcasts can pick up some of that? I think there's a, like I said earlier, I, I think there's a great opportunity in the news business, if you want to call it that. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to explore and to provide things. You know, radio and, and newspaper are way different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some great innovations that are taking place in South Dakota print journalism. Uh, the South Dakota News Watch Group, yeah. that's very interesting. Uh you know, and what they're doing, that you, the stories that they do are great depth, uh, very deep. Radio news is way different from that. Uh, we, we might often, I'd say maybe an average of 20 seconds to 25 seconds per story. And so uh, compare that to uh, a multi-page print article. Obviously, you're not going to have a level of detail on the radio side. But the immediacy, I think, is the big thing that, that we shoot for. Well, that's where we have 30 minutes here. The first 10 minutes, uh, the second 10 minutes, you need those to get to the third 10 minutes, and that's where we're at now. Tell us a little bit about your family, Tom. Well, my wife Sue and I have been married for nearly 49 years. Congratulations. Thank you. uh, I can't imagine life any other way. And uh, we have four of our own children, um, and now we have seven and a half grandchildren. So uh, our youngest daughter got married this past uh, August, and she's expecting our next grandchild. So it's just a great stage of life and uh, a lot of fun. Our oldest grandchild is uh, 14 now, uh, so we're going through that process of watching our kids train their kids to drive. And uh, my oldest child was also a son, and uh, when we turned him loose on the roads of Sioux Falls, he thought it was an adventure to try and uh, burn uh, donuts and mm. in the ice and things like that, and um, he ended up denting one of Dad's vehicles. Uh, he didn't tell me about that for a while. It wasn't a big dent, so. <laughs> but we joke about that, and and uh, I tell him, well, you know, your turn, your turn is coming now. So, if you had a magic wand, what would you wave? Uh, what law would you want passed in the legislature? Oh my, um, <laughs> I don't know. I. I think I'm probably going to steer clear of that, John, just okay. because uh, then people are going to say, well, this is your opinion. And um, the one thing that I felt was maybe this is one of the major things that's different this time versus back when I started in this business um, is I have to go after those things with the mindset that my opinion really doesn't matter. People are not after my opinion. They want the information. And if I do a good job of presenting information to people, they can make their opinions, and that's what counts. Well, this is Sunday. Uh, coming up with Monday this next week, what's the first thing you're going to tackle? Well, I'm still uh, – believe it or not, John, I've got a big learning curve here. 
uh, a lot has changed in 29 years. And so I'm learning the new digital age uh, way of doing things. And that means uh, how you record things is a little bit different. There's a lot of similarity yet. The boards look and operate much the same as they did back then, the, the audio boards. Um, but the editing process is way different than it used to be. I love telling kids I used to edit with razor blades, and they looked at me <laughs> like, "Are you?" <laughs> well, I did actually. I did that yeah. with film. Yeah, yeah. You know the 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 film that we did, uh, we had to uh, we had special apparatus that would cut the film where you wanted it cut, mm-hmm. and uh, then you had to do a hot glue to glue them together, and and then you prayed that that splice would make it through the projector during the newscast and there were many times where it didn't they can't imagine using razor blades to edit <laughs> anything uh, it, it's it's a lost art now yep. uh, but Sioux Falls is definitely uh, uh, unique in many ways and look forward to your newscast Tom and uh, you know working with you here at the group uh, and thank you for uh, being with us on forum well I like I said I'm very excited about the future and uh, just extremely I just feel extremely blessed to be a part of the, the Kello group. If you had one thing to say to people right now, or if they had, what would you want them to email you right now? If they had a chance. Well, that would really throw myself up to a lot of things, John, but, um, what are you one, looking for? I guess one, one, maybe one bit of advice I'll give, and this is to the younger crowd is that, um, things are usually not as much of an emergency as you think they are. And what feels like a disaster today, you may not even remember five years from now. And so if you keep that in mind, it will save you a lot of stress. Wise words from Tom Rooney. Thank you for being (laughs) with us on Forum. Thank you, John.